Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide Number 2, Part 2, with Jeff Butts and Charles Edge. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, we're back with part two of Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide number two with Charles Edge and Jeff Butts. And as you would expect, there are some surprises. Let's go and let the panel do the gift picking. All right, so that's two rounds. So usually at this point, I kind of warn folks that if you have a list, you have to really start thinking because there are only two picks left. Um, But if you only came with four or five picks, then it's easy. Charles? Or no, excuse me, Jeff. Yeah, we're keeping the order. Jeff? Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to change directions a little bit and point out something for the uh, for the dog owners out there, and that is the Link GPS Dog Tracker and Activity Monitor. Um, this thing tracks just about everything related to your four-legged friend. It it does have a built-in GPS chip along with uh, cellular, so it's not dependent on Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or anything like that. It has its own connection, and you can keep tabs on, you know, if your dog gets out of the yard or runs out the front door, you can track it with that. Uh, it also keeps up with your uh, with your pet's uh, body temperature and alerts you if their temperature gets too high. It keeps track of how much how active they are um within the app on your iphone you can track your vet records and shot records and things like that for the pet and just keep it all in one place that's a cool secondary feature actually i i find myself logging into the vet's website to show the the kennel you know the the vaccination records and all that stuff right I wouldn't have thought to add. I, I had one of those for a while. My dog ate it. It wasn't secure enough to, to <laughs> and he figured yeah. out a way to get it off and, you know, destroyed it. I, I've, I've gone through a couple different ones like that. The, the link, I'm still, the jury's still a little bit out on whether she or our other dog can get it off of her. But so far, it seems to be a lot more rugged. Um, I tried an air tag and we, had a pit mix rescue for a little while that uh, chewed so hard on the air tag that it just stopped working. Even though it was inside an otter box case, it destroyed the air tag. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I get these things, I try them out and, you know, eventually maybe I'll settle on one that stays on her collar for a year or two. But in the meantime, I just try out new things. Oh, this also acts as a training tool. Um, it can do vibration and a tone for giving positive reinforcement and correction to your dog. Cool. So who so. has more steps every day? You or the pup? Uh, that would be the dog. Mine too. Uh, she, <laughs> she, she goes, she goes outside quite frequently, but you know, I've got a fenced in backyard, so, um, I just, 
stand on the deck and watch her and only only follow along with her if I have to. I take mine for runs every day, but he still almost doubles. Last time I had a, a chip on him, he almost doubled my step count. I mean, he's got four legs, but I think they they, they correct for that. You know, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, yeah. my opinion is, you know, a man shouldn't run unless he's being chased. So <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen too often. Depends no, not, not what. <laughs> well, true. Um, no, no problem so far this year. So Charles, you mentioned that it has a tone and a vibration. Um, I, I am not a dog person, so I don't know. Is, is the tone for the correction and the vibration for the, for, um, I guess the, the reinforcement or is it vice versa? Other way around the, the tone, it's a, it's a pleasant tone. It's a lot like using a clicker. A lot of, uh, people when they're training their dogs, they'll use a clicker. And for whatever reason, dogs love the sound of the clicker. Once they get used to the sound of the tone coming from right around their neck, um, they love the sound. The vibration is to get their attention just before you say a no dig or no jump. Mm. Um, So eventually you don't even have to say no dig or no jump. You just tap the button in the app to give them the vibration and they stop whatever they're doing and, and usually come back to you or whatever you've trained them to do. Hmm. And Charles, the one that, that, or no, who said that their dog ate it? Oh Is yeah, it, that was me. Um, yeah. Um, did that involve uh, vet bills or? No, no. Luckily he just destroyed it, but didn't swallow any of the pieces. <laughs> uh, okay. But he didn't like having it on his neck. That's for sure. But that, mm. that, that one definitely didn't do tones or vibrations. It was just a GPS chip basically. Mm-hmm. But it was in the shape of a dog bone, so that was cool. No, that's cool. And probably why I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. My my dog doesn't mind having the things around her neck, but the other dogs uh just see it as, you know, as, as an extra way to play. And, you know, try to pull her around by it or yank it off or, you know, they think it's a chew toy and so we just have to correct that. The things I learned during these these gift guides. Really <laughs> now, I ju- now I just need one for the cats. <laughs> They'd probably murder me for just saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're, you're going to anger your flirkins. Well, you, yeah, well I mean, I, I think from what – from I have just a little bit of experience, not in my house, but with cats. And, you know, from everything I understand, cats just ignore everything that you want them to do. Short of you know an electric charge, even the electric tried, charge a lot of times. I have. I was, I was about to say we have <laughs> spray bottles. We've tried all kind. You know we have that like nasty smelling stuff to put on the plants to try to keep them from eating plants. Not nothing seems to work with the cats. Well, with the one cat, the other cat's like a dog. He fetches. He comes when you call him. He cuddles. The other cat's just oh. kind of a. I can't use uh, ex, explicatives. On the on the podcast, I don't think, but he's right. all of them. <laughs> yeah, probably would not be appropriate for me to recommend a taser for the cat. So, <laughs> so that that may well. get cut out of the show, folks. <laughs> <laughs> when when Peta calls, you're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be the first yeah. time for being in trouble, not with Peta, but just in general. Uh, um, Charles, what do you have for uh, this round? <laughs> 
Oh. Lost audio for a sec. That's okay. Okay. There we go. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you have for this round? Um, so for this round, I have a TV light strip, uh, just mood lighting. Um, it's home kit. Mm. I, I chose the Casa, but I think they're all about the same. Um, for one of the kids, I got like a $10 version instead of the $40 version. And it worked just as good. Once you've got it hooked into ALEXA, it all seems to, or SIRI or whomever is in your home, it all seems to work uh, about the same. But uh, it's it's kind of nice turn off all the lights and have that almost as a nightlight or kick out, kick it on for ambient lighting. Or if you're gaming, some of them you can even configure to to respond to the different sounds. So if it's like an explosion in your game, you see it flicker or something like that for even more effect. Very to cool. tell you that you're a horrible, horrible gamer because the teams aren't good enough at that. Right, right. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Casa is relatively new to the HomeKit game. Um, up until recently, the game. Mm-hmm. yeah, re- up until recently, they were they were only on um, Hey Google and the A person. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend making sure it says HomeKit before buying it because if it's the two year old version, it probably won't work with HomeKit. Right. Good point. Right. Um, and, and I would say half the brands don't work with HomeKit for some of these really cheap things that come in. You know, they're almost knockoffs of other good things from faraway mm-hmm. lands. So, um, but this how one, much, I how, like a lot. How much Go hassle, ahead. you were saying, if you configure it correctly, how much hassle is associated with configuring it? Well, once you get it into HomeKit, which, you know, that's just scanning the box and having it show up. Mm-hmm. So then it's just a matter of configuring the scenes in HomeKit or ALEXA or uh hey Google. I don't know if I've got one of those close by. <laughs> <laughs> I I have all three in the house, so it's uh I have to I, I have to be limited in my speech um mm-hmm. when recording. Right. <laughs> so you have multiple agencies tracking what you do. I'm cool with it. I, I, I try to limit the felonies these days in response. Good. Always a good idea. Yeah. Eh, um, it's a little less fun, but you know, yeah, well, true. I've, I've only got two and the second one uh, is only upstairs. Um, everything that I do is, is home kit, but uh, my stepdaughter has a bunch of ALEXA stuff that she uses upstairs. Hmm. I've written some skills for that platform and I, I really like it. I like the open nature of it. Um, you got to say the Apple home app is by far the best way to interact with this stuff that I've ever seen. But I think sometimes the voice controls, it's easier for me to show the kids that the Amazon stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We, we hear a lot of that. Um, and, I guess the, the only thing that drives me crazy about the Amazon stuff is that, uh, and I, I've, it's probably just relative to me, but I feel like there's so many, there's so many skills out there that you can't see the forest for the trees, you know, that you right. can find the good ones. You know, it's like, okay, we, we have, uh, we have a skill to play tic-tac-toe. Okay. Well, there are, you know, 500 of those. Great. That's nice. But you know, that's 500 things that I don't need to use. So, you know, could I just, 
there's there needs to be a way to filter them or I don't know, make a list of really good yeah. And the last time I did anything on the Amazon ecosystem, discovery was just a pain. Yeah. I feel the same way about the Google Play App Store in relation to the Apple App Store. You know, it's Mm -hmm. there there's more apps. They're not as it, it takes a little longer to find something that you like. Um, I, I can say, I, you know, from a developer side, building software that works with the Google store is probably the hardest because of identity and, and how mm-hmm. the, the hurdles you have to jump through to, to integrate with their OIDs or their open ID implementation and the, some of the specific APIs you have to reach out to them to get access to, which is a pain. Yeah. Um, Apple is right in the middle. It's probably, you know, it, it's not as hard as Google, but it's, um, but it's not as easy as Amazon. And then the first skill that I wrote was, I think, 20 lines of really bad Python. So the bar is pretty low, which is why there's probably 500 tic-tac-toe apps out there, you know? Right. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's see from for my third round um i'm i'm going to this is sort of a something we mentioned in the first gift guide in absolutely in passing and i have no idea why we didn't specifically pick it um brett terpster had recommended um a really good deal that was going on on amazon um for 16 uh, terabyte hard drives and talking about you know synology and putting them in the nasas and all but um the idea mm-hmm. of using one of the I think we we all love to refer to them as like drive toasters. They're little portable drive or quasi portable drive docks um, that you can you know just drop that raw drive in there and have access to it and pull it out for storage uh, or archiving or backup or whatever. Um, I'm going to recommend the OWC USB C dual bay um, drive dock. This has not one but two bays, so that you can take two of those 16 terabyte hard drives. And one of the big advantages to that is that, you know, obviously you have two drives rather than one, but also you can copy back and forth from those drives without having to have your Mac be an intermediary. So mm-hmm. this is just a great, it's, and, and it's very affordable. It's, it's, it's 99 bucks. So, you know, that, that makes it really affordable. It's from OWC. So again, you know, it's going to be good. And if you need support for any reason, it's there. And you can even um, include uh, the, these are we're talking about primarily 3.5 drives, but it also has a slot for um, the the 2.5 laptop laptop drives as well. So it's a very okay. versatile piece of piece of gear. So if if you're in need of of out of mass storage, the bulk discs are, are bare huh, raw discs are a great value, and this makes them super useful. Nice. So. I think I've I've got an older model of this sitting back back on the desk here, and and it gets used, you know, probably once every couple of weeks for uh, for a quick backup or, you know, dumping off things that mm-hmm. I don't need to have on any of the other directly connected storage devices. Right. Cool. I have a similar. I I think I have an older OWC one as well. I I use it a lot for repairing older computers that have removable drives because you know my macbooks these days don't but as as it's just so much easier when you're trying to triangulate problems you know oh, i'm going to pull this out and just put it in yeah. the toaster and see if it mounts and maybe run some disk tools pop it back in 
you know, trying to isolate various problems, but yep. yeah. And, yeah. Be, and, and I, having a USB, it's a USB 3.1 gen two. So okay. not going to, you know, it's, it's probably on the, on the borderline of being bootable with the modern operating systems. It's certainly more than bootable mm-hmm. um, for, you know, older systems. Yep. I have one of their newer ones. I've got the OWC mini stack STX. Um, and what I really like about that is that it, it actually supports NVMe. So I've got a, I've got a two terabyte NVMe blade in there. Um, it's Thunderbolt four. It also acts as a Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt four hub. So it gives me, I think three extra Thunderbolt connectors. There's also space for a two and a half inch SATA drive. But if I remember right, you can't use both the SATA drive and the NVMe at the same time. Hmm. Um, but it stays plugged into my Mac all the time. And I use it for time machine backups as well as just extra storage space. Rather than paying the Apple tax for, for getting a bigger internal drive, I've got the, the Thunderbolt 4 right inside the mini stack. You're trying to cost me money, Charles. Is that what you're doing? Uh, no, Charles may not be, but Jeff is. Or, or Jeff, what's wrong with me? Well, you two look so much. I don't know. Alike, that's you know. So that's tw- that's twice well, you've done you, that to me today. That's just very kind of you. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, wow! Boy. Thank thank you because I, I, you know, I'm you know almost fifty years old. I don't I don't looking as good as someone as young as Charles. I I like that. I like that. All right, Sam. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Uh, hey, we're into the fourth round. Um, so this is uh, the, 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 probably your, your last favorite thing that's on your list that hasn't been picked already. So, Jeff, I'll let you, uh, and I did get it right. Jeff, I'll let you go. You got it right. (laughs) This is one that's been, it's been sitting in my Amazon wish list for several months. Um, Hopefully, I'll get it sometime soon. It's the Logitech G Pro Flight Yoke System. Um, Because I really want to get back into uh, flight simulator type stuff. Um, probably using X-Plane. And the the G-Pro flight yoke system includes the yoke, which is, you know, a joystick, but it's not a joystick. It's more like what you actually see in a civilian or a commercial airplane, not a military fighter. Um, and it also comes with a another stack that attaches to it that gives you your throttle controls, your flap controls, and... Um, I think, yeah, it also includes radio controls and and all plugs into your computer and gives you that that more realistic flying experience. So that's that's my fourth pick. That's the one that I really hope I get that sometime before the end of the year. But if I don't, it'll just stay there until I can get it for myself. There you go. I... And and that bind Logitech Swiss engineering to boot. I love it. I Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not much of a gamer, um, but I have to say that, you know, the, that always intrigues me is I wonder how good the experience is. Um, you know, the, the flight simulators are fine. You know, I mean, I've, right. I, yeah, I've played a couple of them. But if you if you really go to the trouble of getting something like what you're talking about, Char, um, to Charles, Jeff. Geez. There you go. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I wonder just how much more I would – you know, could I really get into it uh, in a big way? Uh, if if I ever win the lottery, I would probably build myself an actual sit-down, enclosed flight simulator station dedicated with the motors to actually let me feel the motion as I'm flying. Um, I've I've used those before and you can really get especially if you have a three monitor setup you can really get an immersive experience out of it hmm. yeah i've i mean I've, i think we've all seen those at ces you know where the, the for racing games and for flying and all those mm-hmm. things that those uh, especially with the really big three monitor setups you know it is absolutely immersive and and that can yep. suck you in quick um, but of course, then you want to take it home with you, and that becomes a little less practical. Right. It it gets expensive. Um, that's that's why it's only going to happen if I ever win the lottery. Yeah, Charles. I know you. I mean, I know you do some gaming. Um, do you have like an elaborate setup that might include a yoke system, or are you a little more restrained with that? Not any. Not anymore. I I'm more of a. Um, platformer slash uh strategy whether it's real-time or turn-based strategy gamer um civilization mm-hmm. still my favorite game you know which you know sid meyer wrote uh flying games before he wrote civilization so i guess maybe someday i'll i'll evolve into flying games but uh i it's it's not the type of game that I, that I typically do that needs to be immersive. Um, I do have a buddy who makes a flying game chair that has all the vibrations. It doesn't tilt. It doesn't have servo motors that, you know, bring you Mm -hmm. from side to side. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely, you know, played those games, but it's just not what I go to as my, my standard. I, I prefer to spend countless hours trying to defeat, other civilizations and send them into the, the dark ages. <laughs> wow. What a, yeah, that's fun. That's fun too. You, you, <laughs> you seem like such a nice guy, Charles, you have this dark side to you. <laughs> well, you know, mostly when I'm playing civilization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> glad, glad we got a clarification I, on that one. <laughs> Years ago, uh, in, in one of my, my past lives, uh, I worked for a telecommunications company and we would have, uh, gaming parties periodically and age of empires was one of the, the top games that we would do a, a land party for, um, during our lunch hour. So I, I remember. Oh, we, we actually have, um, about a 15 year old, maybe not 15, maybe 10 year old version of age of empires running in the office with about five old IMAX just so that we can nice have, because the newer versions just aren't quite the same in terms of response 
responsiveness on LDN. Right. Um, so in, instead of calling back to the mothership to be able to, to perform all the actions and that asynchronous communications that have to happen within the app, it's, it's just better on yeah. LDN, I think still. <laughs> so. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. Um, I, I still prefer Sid Meier's civilization, but in a pinch age of empires will do. Oh yeah. Or age of mythology. Yeah. There's, you know, Oh yeah. 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 Especially after interviewing some of the people who did that for, for the book. And I, I don't think I ever realized that age of empires was actually from one of the authors of Civ who wanted it to be real time strategy from the beginning and then left to oh, go really? start his own thing in order to build a real time version, basically. Huh. So that's why the tech trees seem as similar as they do, and, and some of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I, I knew nothing about any of that until you know I sat down to write that book. But well, now I know the next book I need to buy. <laughs> yeah, with publishers, it, it's a seventeen hundred plus page book, so. With publishers and editorial cycles, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, it might be a couple of years before it comes out. But, um, but it's done. I, you know, okay, seventeen hundred pages. Yeah, I, it, it, I blame the pandemic. You can blame the pandemic <laughs> on a lot of things, but you know, all that time that, and uh, <laughs> I, I never expected that's, that's people. A, Go ahead. That's a very comprehensive history. <laughs> And still, I feel like I barely touched the surface. So nice. I, I, I never would have expected um, someone like Leonard Kleinrock, who invented packets uh, effectively, um, or any of the types of people who actually allowed me to interview them to go for it. But, you know, I think we were all just sitting at home bored. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. <you> know. <laughs> We're off on a bit of a tangent here, but I, I can't help but but uh, go down that road just for a second. I mean, how many of these people did you actually get to interview as opposed to, you know, just referencing them from history because we've lost them? Well, I A, there were a lot that were lost. There were even some that were lost after I interviewed them prior to publication. Oh. Um, oh. It, whether from COVID or other, you know, just the age you know, of some of the inventors of our modern digital age is like that. But um, I, I probably did about a hundred interviews. I was able to leave about a hundred people alone because of oral histories that they'd already done that were able to answer my questions. Um, and okay. in some cases, uh, you know, like I had the oral history and when I sent them a qu my list of questions, they were like, holy crap, you know more about me than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, nice. there were, there were about a hundred original interviews. At some point I might try to just publish those as standalone works. Um, three or four people asked me not to mention their names until posthumously. Um, but at some point I'll, I'll probably just publish the raw interviews somewhere, you know, hmm. especially once, uh, once voice recognition gets to the point where it can actually translate them perfectly as opposed to me having to spend hours fixing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Was I, no, I'm not trying to push this I'm but I am kind of curious uh, for the ones that, that didn't want to be named uh, until after their death. Was that more modesty or was it concerned with too much attention while they were still living? I think, I, I think in every single case they were concerned about uh, non-disclosure agreements. Oh, mm. 
Okay. Uh, because uh, yeah. a couple of them are Apple, former Apple people, and some companies just, you know, have a very long memory of not wanting people to talk about things. So. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. I, would, I didn't even think about that one. Hmm. All right. Well, that's we have 1,700 pages of this stuff to look forward to when Charles's book comes out. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we're, we're, well, we're still in round four. Um, and Charles, I believe you're up. You know, for my next one, I, I chose to do something about as low tech and low buy potentially as possible. Um, and I just said experiences in general, whether it's ghost tours, which is my family's favorite, uh, history tours, museums, um, bowling alleys, escape rooms. Most of these you could get on Groupon for about half or 75% yep. off or some similar type of website. But um, just, you know, getting out and doing stuff together since we can and, um, and, and being forced to do it in a time bound manner so that it, it doesn't become, oh, we're going to go do a thing. And then five years later, you're like, wow, we haven't done that thing yet. You know? So that's my hmm. just experience, you know, go out. I love that. Do something. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's great. That I, <laughs> a little embarrassed. I didn't think about that one myself. Uh, yeah. Well, I am too, because, you know, I actually just recently did one like that. Um, one of my granddaughters for months had been asking to go ax throwing. Ooh. And, um, there's a, a place in Kansas City that offers it. There's actually a couple of places. And so we went, you know, one weekend afternoon. And uh, given my arthritis problems, I didn't think I would be able to even grip the axe, let alone throw it. But um, there's there's evidence on Instagram of me throwing these axes and actually doing fairly well at it. <laughs> How old's your granddaughter? She is 11. Or she will be 11 uh, next month. Oh, her prom date has something to look forward to, doesn't he? Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, and, you know, we've we've done the escape room too, but not with the grandkids. That was uh, my fiance and my two stepdaughters. We did an escape room uh, in Kansas City several months ago. Probably doing another one in the near future because those are a lot of fun. Charles, do you throw axes in Minnesota? Uh, yeah, although the last time I did it, a couple months ago, I was down in Iowa City, and there was a, a great place for it. I can't remember the name, or I'd give them a plug. But uh, we went out you know, as a group, and five or six people drinking beers and throwing axes. What could go wrong? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> you know, back, back in my day, all I did in Iowa City was play D&D. Ah, <laughs> that's oh, what God. Iowa City should be there for but i mean well i i lived in cedar rapids for a couple of years mm. which is just north of iowa city so mm -hmm. most of my most of my D, D friends were down in iowa city you know with the university it's easy to imagine yeah yep we haven't had any D, &D gifts chuck that's what you're gonna bring us right I wouldn't know a D and D gift if it came up and bit me, Charles. <laughs> I'm sorry well, to no, disappoint Charles, you. Charles did give us a D and D gift 
in a way, because you gave us the link to all of your 3D printing designs, which you say are mostly D&D figs. <laughs> there are a bunch of so, them, yeah. <laughs> good, Good point. Good point. Thank you for rescuing me there, Jeff. <laughs> yep. I, I got your back, Chuck. I, I, I mean, I kind of feel like my, my vice pick is boring, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> because I, I want to make people aware, um, that, you know, this is something I would expect we'll probably see a pretty good discount on, um, come the Black Friday weekend or the holiday season. And that's, um, an Eero mesh system. Um, I've, mm. the, the one thing I don't care about geeking around with is my router. And, you know, I've, I want the best router I can get, but I want it to, I just want it to work. And in fact, I, I recently gave up um, my Amazon uh, modem and, and bought one of my own because they were giving me trouble with Eero. Um, and it's like, no, mm -hmm. I really want the Eero because it is just, it is so easy to use. It's so easy to set up. The monitoring is easy. It self-updates itself. There's so many good things about this. I know there are some very sophisticated routers out there. And if you if you enjoy configuring them, man, go for it. But this I've I've I upgraded recently to the uh I guess relatively recently to the Eero, let's see, the Eero Pro 6E. Um so I'm as up to date as I can get. Oh, but it truly is. You set it up, you use your iPhone to uh, to configure it, and you never need to look at it again if you don't want to. If you want to, it'll give you plenty of information and gives you plenty of control right. because you can set up guest networks, you can do all those things. Um, it the the uh, the two point four band as well as the uh, the, the was it five or six gigahertz? Jeez, that's terrible. I'm, I'm five, thinking. five, um, probably five. You know, I can you can cross over, so I have no issues with smart home devices or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It just it checks all the boxes for me for someone that you know wants to play with other things and not my router. And given that it's Eero is now owned by Amazon, and Amazon seems to have keep kept their hands off of it. Um, so it just continues to do what it's done all, all this time. Um, it is, I, I think we can expect to see maybe some decent discounts on it. So it should be on your shopping list. Nice. I, one of the networks in my house is, is, is a mesh network from them. And I agree. It hasn't given me any problems. I just changed the name. I, I use the same name as my old Wi-Fi network same password that way everything all the iot stuff just switched mm -hmm. over and i didn't have to go and touch i don't know 40 devices in the house um i i do have two other networks for development and testing but um but i i like it because it's just bulletproof and the kids don't complain that they can't do their homework because the wi-fi is down because that's yep. the last they, they they any excuse you know <laughs> i've I've used Eero in the past and, and really loved, you know, just how seamlessly it worked. Um, right now, I I don't have, I've just got what my internet provider put in. Um, I have Google Fiber and I've got their, their multi-gig plan and they only recently started allowing you to bring your own router for that. So I'm still just using the, the, uh, the router and mesh extender that Google Fiber provided me. Oh, Kansas City, a Google Fiber city. Nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't have. And, I'm, I'm I'm stuck with Comcast here, so um, 
which, you know, but again, I wanted to use the arrow. Yeah. Of course, you know, when you try to take it back, return your modem, it's like, oh, well, we could set it up for you. You know, it only cost you a hundred dollars for us to come out and do it. And it's like, no, thank you. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd rather have the arrow and do it myself and, and feel like I yeah. know what's going on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a super great system. This was an upgrade for me. This is my second one. And I will okay. tell any, anybody, you know, that, uh, if, if you, unless you're a real geek or enjoy playing with that stuff, this is a, this is the way to go. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you there. Um, you know, I've used others, but they do require more, more of a technical background. You know, if, if you want to, if you want to do the more advanced things that Eero makes easy to do. Well, and the one, I think I mentioned it, but I, I want to re- reinforce it too. Um, cause I've had routers that, and, and you get emails that, you know, well, we have a new update. We have a new firmware update. And then, mm-hmm. so then you got to take yourself offline, do the update and go through all that hassle. And I don't know how or when Eero does it doesn't, I don't care. It, it they have never interrupted. It's never interrupted me while I was using it. And that's all right. I want. And I know I'm always up to date. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great product. Yep. Eero has, Eero has always done its, its updates automatically in the middle of the night. Um, you, I believe you can change that, you know, if, if you're a night owl and you don't want it rebooting in the middle of the night, I think you can change the timing, but otherwise it's just on autopilot. Yeah. So again, it's, 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 it's something that I think you ought to look into if you have any interest yep. in upgrading your upgrading to mesh. Gentlemen, those are some, well, those are some eclectic picks. I, several, I didn't see coming. Definitely not. Not even close to did I see them coming. Um, but, you know, that's the way it is. Um, I want to make sure the folks know where they can find you when you're not here baffling me with your gift picks. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, I'll let you go first. Where can folks connect with you? Uh, you can find me writing at Mac Observer. That's MacObserver.com. And my personal Twitter account is at Clefmeister. That's C L E F. M-E-I-S-T-E-R. And then I also run the at Mac Observer Twitter account. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Charles, we talked about your 1,700-page book. Uh, I've, I know there are just one or two other things that you're involved in. Um, what should people know about where they can connect with you and what you're up to? Um, I, I, I would say the Mac Admins podcast. That's podcast.macadmins.org. Uh, the History of Computing podcast, which is the History of Computing.net, uh, which is kind of the podcast version of the book. It, you know, as my research notes were coming in, I decided to just read them out um, because then you are extra uh, editing almost or whatever. Um, I, I have grammar better in the book than in, in spoken word, I think. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> um on on the twitters i'm c edge 318 and then my personal website cryptid.com is that's k-r-y-p-t-e-d.com is kind of my uh the place where i try to put everything and connect it all together so and lots cool. of weird esoteric command line things for mac or swift or what have you is, is that where we would find the dungeons and dragon stuff yeah, the, there, are, there are some of those for sure. Um, I, I had this project that I started to 3D print the whole monster manual. 
Um, and so any wow. monsters that were missing from the community, I went ahead and made designs for like a thought eater and a couple other weird monsters that Gary Gygax probably came up with, um, on one of his many long nights, uh, smoking and drinking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. Jeff, I was watching your face when, when he was describing that. And it's, I thought you were having a, a, an attack of some kind. It's like, Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, I need to get a 3d printer now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a spreadsheet of all of the first edition. Um, cause now it would be impossible, I think, to try to 3d print the whole monster manual, but the right. first edition monster manual, um, I, I have a spreadsheet with all of them. And then the, I split out dragons, giants, and certain other ones where there's like a whole bunch, um, where Not tiger versus where bear, for example, um, into different yep. tabs at the bottom. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's fun to just 3d print random things, you know? Yeah, I think. Yeah. But as long as the printers are working and I'm not like banging on them with a wrench cursing. <laughs> uh, the stuff I learned. The stuff I learned. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah. Well, guys, happy holidays. Thank you so much for uh, for for doing this. Um it's always a blast. These these turn into my favorite shows every year because we not only pick some great products and kick them around, but also have a lot of laughs. Really appreciate you doing it. Thank you. It's the highlight of my holiday season. It's it kicks off my holiday season because now I have to yeah. be like, okay, time to holiday shop. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Um, just so you know, all of the gift picks from this panel as well as the others are included in the master gift page on the Mac Voices website and also in our holiday gift guide, um, Flipboard Magazine, and of course in the show notes to this episode as well. So you can find links to all that stuff in the show notes um, for any of the holiday gift guide shows. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, Consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.